before my grandfather died, um, my mum was with him. And my mum said to, to Pop, we used to call him Pop, and my mum said, you know, Dad, I love you. And my grandfather said, replied to mum, and he said, he said, love. And he said, isn't that what it's all about? And they were his last words. My mum walked out and he actually then passed away. And that, um, to me, that just sums up everything. Hey, Insider, today's special interview guest is featuring Jason Stevenson, and he is the CEO of Relax Me Online Australia and has been involved in the meditation relaxation music field for the past 15 years. In fact, his YouTube channel has more than 2.3 million subscribers with over half a billion views worldwide. And so if you are somebody who's wanting to discover the secrets to be able to release and let go of fear, anxiety, inner worries, and self-sabotage, then this episode's made specifically for you, as Jason will be revealing some of his top habits for being more mindful and at peace every single day. So be sure to pay close attention as you're going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this special episode featuring Jason Stevenson. For people who aren't too familiar with your work in terms of meditation and so forth, how did you get to where you are today? What would you say were some of the major life chapters that unfolded in the way it did that guided you to where you are? Wow. Uh, let me tell you, I think the first thing is, if I go right back to when I was about nine years of age and I was around Australia with my family, we went, we took six months off school and went around Australia. And I can remember, uh, I would often go off on my own. I had two brothers with me, but I would always, I loved my own company and just being, being on my own and being still and finding moments of stillness. And I can remember this one place in Western Australia called, uh, I believe it's Western Australia called Geeky Gorge. And I went there and sat on the, this bank of this gorge area and sat there for what might've been, you know, it might've been half an hour. It could have been two or three hours. I, I don't remember. It's one of those moments when time stood still. And I remember at that young age, just feeling like I had everything that I could ever have in that moment, like stillness and being so content of just being there on the earth sitting. And that's, that has stayed with me uh, forever. And um, then I remember, you know, at 16 years of age, my mum asked me to go to a, a meditation class. And uh, I, I thought it was woo-woo. I didn't know much about meditation back then. And I just thought, oh, this will be interesting. You know, I sort of expected to almost levitate off the, off the ground. Of course, that didn't happen. But I do remember walking away from that class with a sense of calm. And I just thought, hmm, wow, that, that's, you know, that was great. I enjoyed that sort of let it go life carried on you know I, I was I had a strong interest in acting and singing for most of my life that's that's what I wanted to do I wanted to be an acting actor and, and singer and it's you know reflecting back now it's kind of ironic because there was a lot of speech training in acting and uh, you know and I spent my mum my parents must have spent so much money you know on the training the acting and all those lessons and not knowing where that uh, the diction training, the speech training was going to one day go to now. And so here I am, you know, doing these spoken guided meditations and reaching millions of people through my voice. 
So it's kind of ironic that that happened. But prior to that, though, you know, I went off, off the rails in life, as many people do during our younger years and turned to drugs and alcohol and, and uh, you know, found ways of, of coping with stress that wasn't the best way. Um, but it wasn't really until I went into a, a, I was invited to a Buddhist retreat, a 10-day strict monastic retreat in a place called Nantian Temple in Wollongong, New South Wales. And I went there and that was uh, life-changing. And that was the, I guess, the pivotal point that completely turned my life around uh, when I realized the power of stillness and of meditation and, and the, um, how it helped me to be more, um, more at peace with myself, at peace with the moments that wherever I was, that I could deal with things better. I worked with people with disability for quite some time, at around this time, actually. And I remember getting swept up in the noise and the chaos sometimes. It was just like, whoa, it was all too much. After this retreat, I remember going back to that job and I had a handle on it. And I remember just, um, you know, I could hear all the noise. I, I saw what was going on, but my mind was in order. And, and so it really changed the way I saw things. Uh, so, yeah. So, and then I, in regards to, you know, starting the YouTube channel, I, what I wanted to do first was I, I recorded a CD for children called I Believe in Me. It was uh, a guided uh, meditation and affirmations in word and song. So I got to sing these affirmations as well for kids and sold it on eBay but put up a, a, a little bit of it on YouTube as well. And then I remember someone saying to me, do you do meditations for adults? And I said, oh, no, I don't, but I could. And so uh, that's when I began and I began to put them up on YouTube and things began to just grow from there. Wow. And that was around 10 years ago, am I saying? Right yeah, saying? that was about, I started the thing, I, I think it was about in... 2009 2010 wow. and by about 2012 is when i really started to put more content in and i really realized that this has potential um to reach many but also to support myself in something that i love to do and that's what i was so excited about the potential because i've always wanted to work on my own you know mm. always wanted to work on my own always wanted to do my own thing in fact, can I tell you that uh, every job I had, every full-time job, I was always begging, could I go part-time? All the time, no matter what job I got, it, it, everything. I remember working at Virgin Airlines cabin crew. I had a full-time job. No, I said, can I please put me on the list to go part-time? Because I could do the things that I wanted to do, the things that I loved, you know, whether it be auditioning for TV shows or acting or singing or or creating writing and so i was meant to i was meant to be here i was meant to be working on my own it's doing amazing. what i love yeah it's amazing how it just unfolded in the way it did and as you describe you know you <laughs> had acting lessons and the lessons you were learning there eventually made sense in the end right yeah absolutely i spent some time in university i did two years of creative arts but I've got to tell you, um, university, uh, I, I struggled with that from, 
from the first year. In fact, after the first year, I wanted to quit. They ended up talking me into the second year. I knew by the end of the second year, I really wanted to quit. It was just like, I, I felt um, locked in and I didn't agree with the marking system of creativity. It really went against, uh, you know, I just, I'd see it unfold before me, you know, when they marked students and a lot, a lot of them were a lot younger than I was. You see many of them, I, I went in at 29 years of age. I started university. A lot of them were 18, 19. And, and I saw how they were marking the students. And I'm just like, they're like literally tearing people down. And I know there might be a method to their madness, but um, it just felt wrong. And I just thought, no, this is, no, I need to be set free. <laughs> so I finished uni after the second year and, and just went on to do other things, bit part-time work and part-time acting and, yeah. Right. So <laughs> when you visited that retreat for the first time, that changed your life. Was it like a silent retreat for 10 days or? Okay. Yeah, it was actually strict monastic conditions. It was a silence for 10 days. It was two meals a day, wearing the robes and also the hair shaved off. And they wow. made it, they made a point to me that, you know, they suggested that I do a two-day retreat first because yeah. I hadn't done much meditation. And, and I just went, oh, no, 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 no. If I'm going to do it, I'm doing it all the way. I'm going all the way. Well, I will tell you, it was, uh, it was very difficult for me. And in, in the first few days, it brought up a lot of anger. Um, uh, this was just a reflection of all that was going on inside of me at the time. And, and uh uh, yeah, I just remember being so frustrated by their rules and conditions and the things that they got us to do. And I'm like, what is this all about? This is crazy. I thought this was supposed to be peaceful, you know, and I was like <laughs> seething underneath. Wow. But it wasn't until about the fourth day that I finally began to capture myself for the first time in probably, in probably years um, being still again, like I was back when I was a child, that mm. when I was nine years old, back way back then, I caught myself being still again in the moment. Um, I was actually cleaning some railings, which I, which I didn't want to. And then I thought it was ridiculous, the whole thing. I thought, what are they getting at? What's the point of all of this? I was very ignorant to all that was going on. Um, but when I finally caught myself in that moment, um, it was so, it was like this awakening it was so beautiful. And from that day onwards, it happened again and again. And I caught myself seeing the sunrise, you know, come up at five or 6am. It was, it was freezing cold. I remember when walking in the dark and we'd stand there. And, but I, I caught myself in the moment uh, more and more and more. And I was like, wow, this is what it's about. Just being present here present it was so beautiful such wow. a beautiful yeah journey so did you almost reach that state in meditation or was it more being mindful in the moment that made you reach that sense of awakening yeah it was it was being it was being mindful in the moment and it was um yeah, I, I would dare say it wasn't it wasn't through the actual art of meditation. It was where, you know, they the Buddhists teach that everything can become a meditation. And, and so what I found was, you know, in the, in particular this time when I was cleaning the railing with a toothbrush, 
and they had miles and miles of railings. And this is what I was frustrated about. Cause I'm like, they just give me a toothbrush. I said, are you like, are you serious? And she just, she just said, just begin, Jason, just begin. Mm. And so of course I'm scrubbing away. It's like, this is ridiculous. But then my mind began to settle. And then I found myself actually being there, not, not concerned if I'm going to finish it or not, con- not thinking about what's happened in the past or anything, just scrubbing away so much so in the present that I remember those little tiny crevices in the railings. And I remember seeing a little money spider and thinking, okay, uh, I'm going to get this little fella out and scrub it then put him back in there after i've done after i've done it and so it was just these simple things and that become the meta that was a part of the meditation process that that mindfulness yeah i mean just you even mentioning about 10 days silence i'm not sure about the viewers watching this right now but for me it scares me it definitely does scare me Uh, i'm quite an active person and it's something I've heard about before, but every time I've heard about it, it scares me in the right way because I think mm. some people are quite scared of just stopping in general and just mm. allowing things to really catch up and be. So when you ended up, I suppose, uh, completing that retreat and you returned to the day-to-day norm, mm. how did you keep that sense of mindfulness, that sense of peace within you? Because One of the things Mm. I've heard from students before is they have this temporary sense of awakening or temporary sense of peace. Mm -hmm. But when they're back in their real life, everything just comes back to them, the same Mm -hmm. old patterns and so forth. So what did you do to keep that going for you? Absolutely. And I I won't say that it's been perfect all the way along. I've had my times of lapses and in particular lately with the COVID and the lockdown that brings up lots of things and feelings and stuff. But uh, for the most part, what I found is I, I developed a a regular routine of meditating in the morning. I remember the place where I was at this particular place too. I, I sat out under the stairwell I, and I meditated to music back then, not guided meditations, uh, music, ambient music and relaxation music. And uh, so that was always the way to start my day. Right now I do meditation at nighttime. That's my preferred time where I, I dedicate uh, my time just prior to sleep. Mm. Uh, but yeah it's it it takes discipline and i think the really important thing there is um is if you fall off and if you stop um is not to beat yourself up and then say and then throw in the towel and give up and it's just like okay i've stopped i haven't done it today even if that day turns into a week i haven't done it for the week admit it and then just get back on and start again and again and again and again and again, and I think that that's the really important thing because some people say, "Oh, okay, I've stopped now, and oh, I'll never be able to do it," you know. But it's just that it's just recognizing, um, you know. And I know if I if I haven't done it for a while, I, I begin to get um, anxious and and those feelings, and I know that I've got to go back to it because I, I know what's I know what's happening in my body and my mind, and uh, so. Yeah, it's very important to me now. It's extremely important to me now. Right. What mm. would you say is more important, the habit of meditating or mm. being mindful in the moment, almost meditating as you're going about your day-to-day activities? 
I think we need, I think they're both important. However, I think we need those, those times of, of being still and that, that time of meditation because it's almost like that becomes the formal practice where we can begin to use that practice to spill over into uh, moments in our lives. Mm. But we need that. I really believe that we need that discipline to sit still and to be silent and make the conscious effort to, to be still. Um, and then, then we can call on that. Mm. We can call on that anytime that stillness, you know, um, I often say that I, I remember this time of lining up being at a bank and uh, I was frustrated, you know, I thought, oh, banks make so much money and there's only two tellers on and there's a line out the door. And, and then I caught myself, my mind starting to go around and starting to get, and I just said, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jay. You tell people, you know, let's catch up myself out. You tell people that you can use this time, you know, to be mindful and to be present. So do it. And I did, you know. And so we can use any time we like. Uh, we, can, we can decide how we want that to go for us. We can be frustrated and angry or we can use that to our advantage and go, okay, I'll use this time for more peace now and to be present. Mm. Um, so it's that choice. So mindfulness is, um, and you can find yourself being mindful at any time. You know, it's, it's a beautiful gift because even talking to you or even in a, uh, um, any conversation that you're in with people, that's the beauty of mindfulness. It, it, if your mind starts to wander away while you're talking to, even talking to people or listening to people, then be aware and just drag, bring that back now and bring this back and give this gift of mindfulness to the person that you're talking to really listen to people uh, because that's, you know, that's becoming rare. You know, um, True. it's like in Australia, we sort of say, everyone says, how you going, mate? And they don't even want to listen to how you are. It's just like, how you going, mate? Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Good on you, mate. And that, that's sort of, you know, <laughs> but you know, if you said, Oh, a terrible day, they'd go, Oh, good, good, good. Okay, mate. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, but we can we have this opportunity to to give more to each other. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. So you're saying, find that sense of grounding, and then almost remember that throughout the day in terms of how it made you feel, or reach that sense of state throughout the day. Yeah, I, th I think it's something that just begins to that begins to carry you begin to carry it with you and i'm not saying we're mindful all the time because we're not you know it's that's just not life and that's not actually reality we can't stay present i don't believe all the time but i think the more we practice put that practice um, of meditation uh, that bit of being still the greater it becomes it begins to just that spilling over into areas of our lives and we can begin to catch ourselves more Mm. being present wherever that may be whatever that may be whatever you might be doing and um yeah and that happens i think that happens just more and more awareness right. of how you're feeling um what's happened how you're holding your body um if you're tense uh, and so you can just you know if you feel feel it then you just drop let it go and um yeah, and if you have, 
anxiety, if you're feeling anxiety, you become more aware of that, feeling the knots, feeling the tension, feeling the strain in the voice. And, uh, you know, you can you just be aware of that and you can breathe through that. So it's almost like just being more, yeah, I suppose more present, but noticing what's really going on in each of the moments. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who may be thinking this right now? Uh, they find that some moments it's very easy to be present, but other moments when there's a lot of things going on, let's, they, let's say they're at work and somebody's presented them a new project, how can they prevent themselves from being easily triggered from different things, stimuli from the outer world? Mm -hmm. A good, good question. A very good question. I, I think the, one of the key areas is breath. And if you can just remember that alone uh, to breathe, because often in, uh, especially in tense, tense situations or, or uh, uncertainty, uh, one of the first things we do is, you know, we can hold our breath and we're not even aware of it. It's just like, and nothing happens, you know, the st that stops us from moving forward. Uh, we're stagnant. And one of the greatest things I think is, is, is just remember to breathe. I used to have that. Actually, I used to have that written on a printed on a shirt. Remember to breathe. This was really great because I used to wear it down the shop, and they would read it out to me. The shopkeeper would read it out and say, "Oh, remember to breathe." And I'd go, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> so it, was, it was a reminder for me always. You know, when I wore that shirt to to remember to breathe because so often we're holding our breath and we're not even aware of that. And I think uh, just that, that process of breathing helps us to move through uh, especially uh, difficult times. Right. So focus on your breathing. Remember mm -hmm. to breathe. Yeah, it makes Remember sense. Remember to breathe. You know, I was looking at your channel earlier, and like I kind of started off this interview, just amazed by how many millions of people you have reached. And then I also noticed how many videos you've posted. It's just uh, mind boggling. It's mind boggling. <laughs> you seem like a very at peace guy. You seem very calm. In a way, you're quite the opposite of, let's say, some of the motivational speakers we've had on this channel and so forth. But you've displayed insane amount of discipline and consistency and commitment towards this mission of yours. So I suppose I'm curious to know, how did you keep yourself motivated to keep going for the last 10 or so years you've been doing this? And were there times where you wanted to give up or was it smooth sailing for you? And how did you keep pushing through? Yeah, I, I, I can't, I don't think there was ever a time where I've wanted to give up. Um, sure, there's some times where, you know, I, I think, I don't want to do a video this week or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but something, something inside pushes me and uh, just says, get it done. You'll get it done. And also it's the, it's the people on the, okay, two things here. It's my audience. Mm -hmm. I, I feel a, a, a strong commitment to give them material and to help them as much as I can. And, and that, that, uh, that is really important for me. Also, uh, I now have a team of people that are helping me to make this so much more easier. 
literally, uh, you know, so much now I just record the voice and literally now they do the voice editing, the videos, the, I still do a bit of work, but um, it's just the team of people that I work with that are, um, everyone plays an enormous part. And I feel very, very blessed. And I do, I never, ever uh, take it for granted uh, for what I have and for the beautiful people that I work with because, uh, yeah, the, the, the channels would not be as they are now if it wasn't for the people that work for me, the team that work for me. So um, fantastic, yeah. So I almost feel a commitment for these guys as well, you see. Right. We all need to keep working together and we just keep, we keep doing it. And, and um, you know, I tell you, the letters that we receive, <laughs> um, we, we have a, a weekly meeting where uh, one of our staff members uh, reads out some, just a few of the letters. And it's always such a beautiful reminder for what we're actually doing it for. So we're not working in isolation. We hear that we're making an impact on this person's life and that person's life. And that always, to, to me, it, it always brings it home. And I just go, that's what, that's what I'm doing it for. Right. That's what I'm doing it for. Reminds you of your big why and just allows you to keep moving forwards. Yes, yes. Yep, absolutely. We're not, we're not just working in isolation. You know, this is... This is changing lives and uh, we are changing lives right. as a team yeah for sure hmm. you know one of the things i've heard before from individuals who are into mindfulness and meditation and into spirituality as a whole is that they sometimes find themselves really in the moment that they don't want to do something as in they will make a commitment but they want to procrastinate or they don't want to do it they rather in the be in the moment so they're not a doer they are a beer in a sense <laughs> so i suppose the question is what advice would you give to that individual in terms of following from commitments when they are feeling like they don't want to do it how can they still be an achiever at the same time be at peace and be spiritual <laughs> and so forth i'm kind of laughing a little because i've found myself in that situation myself of uh of just wanting to be. Um, so what what did I do or how do I how do I move forward with this? Um, that's a very good question. There's something I think it's really important to have um, I'm going to come back to gratitude mm. and to be to have this gratitude for to look around and that you know I have a roof over my head um, I, I have a bed a beautiful comfortable bed that I'm sleeping in and it's just such simple things um, so having having this gratitude always reminds me of what I work for and um, what it's given me as well and because I have so much and I'm not just talking about material possessions or finances. It's, you know, I have lots of love and I have, I do have a roof over my head and, and, um, but I think it's a, it's a reminder for me to, to move forward and to keep going and that I am blessed and, and so blessed 
that um, it, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fumbling here with this answer, but it's almost like I'm, um, how would I put this? It's, it's my motivation to, to, to push through the difficult times is, mm -hmm. is to have that gratitude. And it's a reminder, it's a calling uh, to, to keep moving forward, even on the days where I want to be still. Um, so if you just look around and just see some things that you have in this, again, in this moment, in this present situation, just see, see what you have. And just take a, take a moment to be happy for that. And then give back, move forward and give back to the world, be of service to the world. And right. sometimes that takes effort. You know, it's not about just sitting. Um, it, it does take effort. Yeah. Yeah. So basically look around you, you're saying, and just be very thankful for what you've, you know, achieved so far. And yeah. use that as a sense of fuel to keep moving you forwards. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, there's a time for sitting on the meditation mat and, and make that time, you know, to, to, for the stillness. But then there's also a time where we need to push forward. And so it's not about just, uh, you know, gone are the days where you can just meditate for hours on end and, and everything's just, you know, you go up in a, in a mountain. We can't all do that. We live in this world that is, that's, that's oftentimes moving fast. Wow. And, and so I just think it's con contribution too. It's contribution. It's being of service and recognize that. Uh, right. Yeah. Do you set goals? Uh, if so, how do you go about achievement in your life and business and so forth? Yeah, I set goals. I often work with a life coach uh, as well um, to help me out of some, you know, some tight spots or times when I'm a little bit lost. I set goals. Um, in in fact, you know, I, I can tell you right now that um, you know, I'm setting a goal of uh, actually letting go of being CEO of the company. Oh wow! And, and yeah, and so we're going through the stages of that, and and it's almost like I'm going back to being the creative artist um, that that were my roots, right? That's where I started. Yeah. And so I just want to be a worker. I just want to do what I love and hand over all the admin side to to people that manage it well, right? Um, I, I really never intended as much as I'm grateful for the company that's grown and it's beautiful. And I work with amazing people. I had never really intended to be a boss of a large group of people. It was always still about just doing what I love. And so I'm going back to that. So um, let me tell you, when I first started YouTube, I would, I would put up on a board, I would write on a board. Um, so in three months' time, I'm going to have this many subscribers, this, this, and this, and earning this much money. And I'd write it up there. Sure enough, uh, it, you know, sometimes even quicker than that had happened that I'd rub it out. Then I'd say, you know, in three months' time, I'm going to be at this many subscribers, this much, and this much. And it just kept happening, you know. So I think writing down goals is amazing. In fact, if you've got a if you've got a wall that you can write on, 
Um, I'm, I'm not in this place at the moment, but back in my old house, I wrote all my goals on an entire wall in lead pencil. No way. And just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. And because uh, I knew that I could paint over it and it, yeah. it didn't matter. It was an older house. And, and so, you know, and I, I went back to that and there was goals from nine years ago that were just, I could see that I just smashed them out, smashed them out of the ballpark. It was just so nice to look back on that and just see all that it, all that's unfolded since then. So, yeah, I think writing them down, putting them up where you can see them, uh, it, triggers, it triggers the subconscious mind to, to spring into action mm. and, and consciously move forward. Yeah. So you was mentioning about uh, letting go of uh, be, being a CEO and mm. you're growing, your, your, your company has been growing with all, the, all of the viral videos and so forth. I can imagine with each of the chapters, there has been times where fear or maybe even sense of anxiety has arose from the new challenges or the risks. How do you personally manage fear and anxiety when it arises within you, when you've got to take those risks? How do you normally break through that? Yeah. Um, I'm certainly getting better. I'm, I'm certainly much better than what I was, you know, a, a number of years ago now. Uh, how do I manage them? I manage them through uh, oftentimes talking them over with someone. Mm -hmm. That helps me no end um, because if I keep it all bottled to myself, um, that doesn't work for me. I have to talk about it. And whether that be with an employee or uh, management on the team or whether that be with a friend outside of the company, uh, to me, that is really important that I talk about it and just, and that seems to settle it, you know, very quickly. It seems to dissolve so much, just voicing it, mm. just letting it out. Um, um, and also, of course, no question, like meditation helps too. Um, I'm going to tell you, you know, there's times where I've had to go to sleep and, and yes, I have, I have had anxiety. I have been anxious. I put on a meditation and often I've used my meditations as testing grounds just to see if in fact they do work. Yeah. <laughs> Most times I listen, I don't listen to my work. A lot of times I just, I don't. Um, but if I'm really struggling and especially it's nighttime when I want to sleep, I'm putting on my meditation and I, I've actually found that, you know, some in particular work better than others. So um, yeah, meditation helps. Guided meditation, especially when you're anxious, because sometimes we just need, if I'm meditating in silence when I'm anxious, I find that uh, a little bit more difficult. Yeah. With the uh, but voice if I've got, yeah, if I've got the voice, uh, you know, reminding me to breathe and, and to slow things down and, and to visualize them, that helps me to really let go. Right. Yeah. So meditation. It, yeah. How do you, when it finally comes a point where you've got to make that decision and take that risk, what do you normally do to handle that risk or make the right decision in that case? Oftentimes I, um, well, I pray and I, I, I hand it over. Like I, I literally pray and just say, God, you know, help me with this just help me just give me some guidance here 
And um, by the time that I've made that decision, I am very confident uh, that all is going to be okay, no matter which way it swings. Even if it doesn't go the way I think it will go, by that time, I've almost let it go. And even with this big move that I'm making right now, and I know it's a gigantic move, um, what's happening? And I don't know how this is going to go, but put it this way, I have no fear and I, I just... I just trust. And it's just like, let, let it unfold. I'm quite excited by it, actually. Just let it unfold and see what happens. Yeah. Just, and just see what's meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to surrender that control is so important, you know, to try and to cling, cling on to things and that. And it just, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so if you can just trust that you're, you're making the decision and then once you've made that decision, uh, just let it go. Mm. It, it will be how it's meant to be. How mm. do you personally manage letting go in terms of, do you have any habits you've incorporated or a strategy in terms of best letting go of the outcome or letting go of whatever is really weighing you down? Mm. I think my, um, I, I begin to think also my spiritual connection, my, my belief in God uh, helps me. Um, but simple things like, uh, you know, in the mornings now, I, um, I, I set an intention for the day and that's before I even get out of bed. I, I set an intention. It's almost like a prayer slash setting an intention for the day. Mm-hmm. I get out of bed, I put on the jug and I get my cup of tea and I, I'm blessed to live across the road from, I'm, I'm in a little country town here. And across the road is uh, fields and rolling hills. And I take my cup of tea and I stand out there and um, just be, just sip my cup of tea and just be in, in nature. And, and, it's, and for me, that's very, very grounding. And uh, it's a beautiful way for me to start my day it's almost like that's a meditation in itself. And so it kicks off the day on a good, great note. And then I'm ready to, to rock and roll. Um, and yeah, all is, I just know starting off the day in a great way helps me to get through the rest of the day. And so it's kind of like the, it's almost like a surrendering process over there of, of just being still and, um, Again, what comes to my mind is, or to my heart, is again just gratitude for the beauty uh, in my life and the beauty that I'm witnessing in that moment. Mm. I so suppose, those, yeah. One of the things I've heard before um, in terms of gratitude, because of course it's mentioned a lot uh, in terms of this field and so forth, is that a student of mine a couple of weeks ago said, you know, it's all good uh, trying to be grateful, but I don't have anything to be grateful for. You know, what advice would you give to those people who are finding it very hard to even tap into a joyful state, a gra- grateful state? Mm. Really, it's so it's it really is so um, simple to strip this back to almost. Uh, I, I I can be lying in bed 
and I'm I'm grateful for my pillow. I'm grateful for the bed. I'm grateful for I look up and I see the ceiling and the and the uh, that I have a roof over my head and the fan. Um, and grateful for blankets. Um, it's so. I know it sounds so trivial, but but when you take it back to what you have, and when many people, many 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 people, don't even have that, um, I think it doesn't have to be about gratitude for big things and for lavish things, and it, it's just grateful for the for what you have right now, and then more of that as they say you know when we're the more great gratitude that we live with the more wonderful things begin to flow into our lives it's like it's that pivotal thing of you know i know it's the the law of attraction thing it, it just brings more beauty um the more grateful we are of such simple things so start small start really small um and then and then you know build on that and watch it all watch it all unfold you know yeah and i think you are the byproduct of those habits you've started small but now is compounded over the span of years upon years you've practiced all of these habits so you're saying start small just start anywhere just being thankful that even perhaps you're alive and just really just looking for those areas yes Yes, yes. I remember, you know, I, I used to say it was, it was almost like, I don't know if it was a joke or, or if it was the subconscious mind, but I remember years ago, my mum my would sort of say, oh, Jay, get a, you know, get a job, like get a proper job, you know, and I'd say, mum, don't worry about it. I'm going to live the life of a millionaire by the time I'm 50. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. And, and eventually as life unfolded, this is what's happened. You know, I might not be a millionaire, but I'm certainly blessed to live the life of a millionaire. Well, what I see is a millionaire and it's certainly not about lavish things. I can tell you, I don't, I don't care for material possessions. Yeah, sure. Of course I, I, you know, I'm blessed to, to be in this house and have these computer screens and, but it's, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. I feel like, you know, with the job that I have, I'm living the life of a millionaire. So that affirmation for me, I didn't even recognize it as an affirmation, but it was an affirmation. And, you know, it's, it's, it's happened. And I think it, it has happened through being so, so grateful for each little step. I tell you, when I started that YouTube channel and I made my first $250 for the month, I can't tell you how grateful I was and how excited I was. I was over the moon. I couldn't believe it that I was getting paid for something that I love to do. And, uh, and so, you know, and I just, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Gratitude is a gratitude. Start small, just start very, very small. Yeah, that's one thing I've really taken away from, you know, conversing with you is you're, you're very grateful and you're looking for areas of your life and even small things in your life that you can really be grateful for. And that's even motivating you to move forward more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Every, every single day, Tim, every single day, I get up and I'm, I'm even, 
yeah, I'm grateful for the day and I'm grateful for the love of my family and friends. And uh, yeah, for all I have, I just do not take this for granted. I never will. What's making you want to expand in terms of wanting more in that sense? Because I suppose you can stop. You could stop where you are right now. You know, you could comfortably yes. do what you're doing. But yes. why, why is there that desire to keep growing and expanding? Yeah. This is more about now, this is certainly not about, uh, you know, about me wanting more finances or anything of that nature. I've got enough. Mm. I've got more than enough. But I've had the opportunity uh, for our company to sponsor other organisations and uh, also to build up our team of people to supply jobs for, you know, especially for musicians that are struggling at the moment. You know, we've got a number of musicians that work for us and, and my staff, my staffing over in the Philippines who have, have previously struggled and now are able to help their families. Um, they're my, you know, they are like family to me. All my employees, I, I smile when we have our meetings because I see them all on the Zoom and I just shake my head sometimes and just go, this is, this is amazing. Like, it's beautiful. Everyone's, you know, everyone's enjoying the job. And so this is not just about um, expanding for the sake of expansion now. It's about the team. It's about the jobs. And it's about reaching more and more people uh, to help more and more people uh, with, through these, the meditation process and, and giving that, that opportunity to find that peace, some peace within. And, you know, just judging by the, some of the letters that I receive, it's helping people, you know, from lowering blood pressure to um, going through really, really tough times, post-traumatic stress disorder and, or breaking up. And, um, but it's, it's helped them get through these times. Yeah. And there's no prices that can be put on some of those letters, no price at all. Uh, so we can't, we can't just stay still. You know, it's not, I don't think it's good enough. I think it has to keep growing. It's like a plant. It's like a garden. It just has to keep growing and expanding and it yeah. reaches more people out there. And also the team grows bigger. And so more, more beautiful people are working alongside each other yeah, it's a very good thing yeah you mentioned your team a couple of times i suppose i love my team i love, I love <laughs> them dearly they're so tell. yeah mm. yeah how do you normally go about selecting in terms of when you are selecting members to be part of your mission of yours are there s some strategy you're using to you to utilize to find the right person or is it more intuitive feel or what do you normally do yeah, um, it's, a, it's a combination here. It starts off, it, certain positions we want really, you know, it might be certain experienced people in this area. So they're real specialists yeah. um, that we're seeking to find that person. Um, at other times, it can even be a member inside the team that says, I know someone that will fit this culture. I know someone that has a lot to contribute here mm. and um, that has proven successful for us because it's quite often the people that are in the team know the culture know the fit 
and they've got a very good idea if the person um, that they're bringing in is going to be a good fit for the team. So that, and I, tr I trust that. Um, and, and it's been very successful, I might add, so far. Very successful. I know uh, my operations manager, I just, I've, I trust him immensely. And if he says, I, I, I believe this person would be exceptional. And I'll just say, I trust you. Let's see. And literally it's never been, never been wrong. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a letting, it's a letting go process too. Right. And, yeah, uh, sure. and the biggest letting go process is, you know, it's very soon about to unfold of you know, totally trusting the, the team as I step back. Mm. Um, mm. Well, Jason, I just want to say, uh, really appreciate your time today. And I know we've covered a lot of different topics all in one, but I want to make the most of this time also. I suppose the final question I want to ask you, having explored a lot of different things and having really discovered what we discovered from you today, what would you say is like the one important lesson out of everything you want all of us to remember from this interview? I think and this might be a completely different topic, but it's, it's something I carry with me, with me in my heart. And um, before my grandfather died, um, my mum was with him. And my mum said to, to Pop, we used to call him Pop, and my mum said, you know, Dad, I love you. And my grandfather said, replied to mum, and he said, he said, love. And he said, isn't that what it's all about? And they were his last words. My mum walked out and he actually then passed away. And that, um, to me, that just sums up everything. It, it actually is about love. That's, that's what matters the most. Everything else is just on the side. Love is important. If we have that, we have everything in the world and more.